Hello, hello, welcome. Welcome to the Heart Soul Mind Collective. This is our first episode, our our maiden voyage, our inaugural episode. And today we're going to be talking about something really, really, it's been a big thing in my life. I, w- I want to say issue, but it's just been something I've battled and struggled with. We're going to be talking about fear today. We're going to be talking about how we can get trapped in the prison of our mind and how that can be possibly one of the toughest battlefields of our life is really everything that happens inside of our head, not just, you know, the world outside of our head and our everyday life. So I want to just take some time to first talk about what the goal of this podcast is. I've been planning this podcast, this vlog and channel for probably about two to three years now, just getting all the background stuff done, getting episodes put together. And finally, I feel like I'm in a place now where I can actually give out the information that I've been spending so much time just refining and the messages. And, uh, you know, so that's the goal of it is to just help in everything I've been through, the stuff that I've been through in my walk as a Christian and the lifestyle and just things that I've seen. I'm going to be covering a lot of different things like that. And just covering stuff that I've experienced in battles that I've, 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 you know, really only made it through with the Lord and just God constantly proving faithful in my life and just showing himself in so many miraculous ways and just really painting such a vivid, clear picture of himself to me throughout the seasons of my life. So I want to get right into the title of this message today is prison of your mind. That's the title of today's episode. And I'm going to be talking about more of the neurological background to what I've researched and found happens that triggers things like fear and anxiety and what is the medical response to something like that, whether it be medication, whether it's meditation and the different things that, you know, the avenues that that people take throughout this journey. And then how do you approach this as a Christian? You know, mental health is such a big thing right now in today's world. So what we're going to be talking about is how do you, you know, however else you are handling this and fighting this battle, how do we use God's word? How do we use the Bible? And how do we walk in our identity in response to what we might be going through? How do we, how do we walk in that with scripture? How do we stand on top of God's word and God's promises in regards to these in a constantly changing landscape? I feel like it's, you know, there's things that are acceptable and aren't acceptable. And, you know, you might catch a lot of flack for saying one thing or, or another, but we're going to talk about just scriptural standpoint. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've gone through in this. So the, the verses that we're going to be really dissecting today um, are going to be, it, the, the primary verse is in 2 Corinthians, it's chapter 10, and we're going to primarily be going through verses uh, 4 and 5. So I'm, I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, and it, we're going to start with verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raise up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So again, we're going to be focusing on verses four and five through there. And, you know, I started as I was learning this, as I was going through this, you know, this verse kind of came to me in a really, really dark time. So I was really struggling with fear and and irrational fears. And I was, you know, if it was something in my life that, that was happening and I could actively, 
you know, see that this is, you know, whether it's finances or it's a work situation, there was, there was always something that I could see right in front of me that I would be stressed about. And I felt like I was constantly in this cycle of either stressed about things to come up, stressed about bills, how I'm going to make bills, stressed about a work scenario, stressed about something that could possibly happen. There was these multiple layers of stresses and fears that I would start to see in my life. And, and it's like I said, there was like, I would say kind of like stage one fears were really just like everyday things that I was worried about. Maybe it was, oh, I need to get tires for the car, uh, but I need to get to work, you know, and uh, I don't get paid till Tuesday though. And it's, you know, Saturday and I got to get there. What am I going to do for Monday? Things like that. And then there was more of stage two bigger things. Like if I owed like a large debt and, you know, I just wasn't able to pay it. Or maybe there was like a family health situation where I was really just stressed about a family member's health or maybe even a family member's life circumstance. And I found that um, the ultimate kind of third stage was irrational fears. And these were the ones that would keep me up at night. These might've been existential. They might've just been crazy, elaborate, irrational fears. And this was just stuff that would constantly run through my mind. And, and I, I, would see that some of it was from conditioning, some of it was from my childhood, it, some of it was just naturally inside of me. I don't even know what the root of it would have even been, but I was constantly in a state fluctuating back and forth between one of those fears, and they would control me. It would prevent me from doing certain things. I wouldn't even be present. Sometimes I would be having dinner with my family, or I'd be at like a church meeting or something. And I just, w I wouldn't even be present at all. Like somebody would be talking to me and I'd be so stressed about any one of those stages of fear, one of those items in there that I would just be like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and, but like just my body was there, but I just wasn't mentally present because in my mind I was constantly running through scenarios and everything's a calculation. Everything is for me at that time was just completely difficult to function in any way whether it was work or whether it was laying down at night to go to sleep I was just scared of being in my own mind and so because of this I had zero rest zero sabbath just it was very hard for me to even sit still to pray and spend communion time with God I was really really big on communion time for a lot of my 20s a lot of my life and that just wasn't the case anymore and I felt myself drifting slowly away from that place of that deep place of just meeting God. And I would just sit down with my Bible. I would read, I'd study, I would put on worship, I would intercede. And I would just get a list of people to be interceding for and just like specific, just insight into how to be covering these people. And I'd like meet up with them later and they would just say like, yeah, I was going through this. And it's like exactly what I wrote in my notebook. And this became my life, that intercession, that secret place where I would just, my prayer closet, whatever you want to call it. I was, I was genuinely there every day. There was one point in my life where I was probably praying for about close to six hours a day. I would pray for two to three hours in the morning and then two to three hours at night. Cause it was just so fulfilling. I was getting strategy. I was getting just like such a profound understanding of scripture. Like my mind was being opened so much. Well, fast forward, you know, I'm married, I, I have a kid, I, you know, bills and a lease and all these things and different responsibilities. I was growing in my career, 
my day job, I do software development. And, you know, as you climb up in software development, you get more and more responsibility. So I just didn't have that anymore because I had so many new stresses, so many new worries, especially fatherhood was really, really huge that I I learned a lot in that. And just as big as fatherhood was marriage. And I started to see that I have a lot of areas I need to grow in. And I think one of the biggest things I saw before marriage is I was like, man, I'm really totally ready for marriage. And it's like, no, you're not. The first year you're married, you're like, man, this is hard. This is very sculpting and shaping. So I have all this stuff going on and I don't have that communion time with God anymore. And so now fear starts creeping in, right? Because I'm not spending time with God to where I have up these boundaries and I have up this strategy and logistics and, you know, the word is just shining through in such a profound way to me. And, you know, I'm really losing sight of a lot of the things that made me me in my relationship with God and as it pertained to the world around me. And so fear started really creeping in. It was hard for me to sleep at night because that was the time that I would be still. And when I was finally still, I was scared of what I was going to hear. I was scared of my own mind. I was scared of being in the depths of myself with my own thoughts. So I noticed it was about two years ago, I started to have a lot of worry. And it was multiple things happening on multiple levels. I fell behind in some bills in a really, really hard time. Was not making money, was just behind on everything. Some bills were going to collections. It was really scary. I was very close to filing bankruptcy because I had just this debt piling up from college years and just all these tough times. I I couldn't even afford to live in the city that I was living in at the time. And it was really hard. I was having zero money left over. Like I just had nothing left over at the end of each month. I was scrounging change to, to eat, to get dollar menus, all I could really afford. I couldn't even afford to go get groceries of of substance because if I had $20, I did the math that I can live off of the jack in the box, you know, two tacos for a dollar and eat, you know, one set of two tacos every day for 20 days at that. Whereas if I go to the grocery store and I get potatoes and I get cheese and eggs and all that, it's going to add up and I'm going to be at $20 with three items. And at most I can eat for four or five days And it was really hard, and that's where I was for a long time. So when I got to that low place, I stopped believing. I stopped believing for provision. I stopped believing. I I was really disappointed. The busier I got, I drifted away from God, and I I felt disappointment. And so in that time, I noticed that a lot of fear came in. And I would, I would start to fear things. And, and as a byproduct, I would begin to have this anxiousness inside of me as it pertained to each situation, because I was fearing the consequences of what's going on. And you've probably found yourself in there too, where you're just overthinking and thinking and thinking, and no matter how hard you try, you cannot get it out of your mind. And that's when this verse really hit me. That's when it became really real to me that this is definitely a battle in our mind. Our mind can absolutely become a prison. It can absolutely be a place where we are locked. And a lot of our victories begin in our mind and a lot of our defeats begin in our mind as well. And I started to see this and it was so clear to me in this verse, I started to break down the, the, the Greek translation of that and the readings, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
so many thought-related words in there. And even in verse 4, where you see, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. And, the you know, I started to, well, you know, what's that word? Bulwarks, strongholds. What What is that? And then even in Greek, and it's aku roma. And that, you know, is is a prison, you know, in, 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 in Greek antiquity. And it's not common in classical Greek, but it occurs frequently in the Apocrypha. And so I started to see, wow, this is absolutely true to what is happening to me right now. Even even in the the more formal translations, like, you know, you know, for the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Well, what is if it's not human, if if this verse isn't talking about it's not flesh related, it's not in the physical in front of us, and these are strongholds. And this is this, you know, root word is pertaining to prison. I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is, this is, this is a mental thing. This is a mental game. And I, I, you know, started coming back to me every verse about the mind of Christ and how do we have the mind of Christ? And then Romans 12, one through two, the renewing of our mind. And I started to see the power that our thinking has, the power and the health that comes forth from submitting our mind to Christ and everything that Christ has accomplished on the cross for us today. And I started to realize a lot of what we struggle with is because we believe that we have to struggle with. We believe that we have to fear from it. And when that stronghold has been placed in our mind, that's where every single fear comes from. That's where every single doubt, that's where our anxiousness is. We start overthinking. It comes from our mind. It's not rooted in any other part of our bodily organs. It's our mind. It's the mentality that something's going to happen to you. So you live your life in response to something happening to you. And I can't tell you how many times I've succeeded in something because I was so confident that I was going to succeed prior to even beginning it. That right when I went through it, I did succeed. I did amazing because I was already winning before I even stepped foot into the situation. And I've also had it in reverse where in my mind, in my calculations, it just wasn't going to happen. And so I already counted myself out prior, and it for sure reflected that in the situation. And you can see it in sports a lot, too. I, I'm a huge football fan, and I just watch everything 49er-related, like whether it's total access when they're covering the Niners, the draft, free agency. I'm watching everything, and especially games. I, I'm, every Sunday I'm watching a game. And so you can see a momentum shift in the game. And you can always tell when there's like a turnover or a touchdown at a pivotal moment or something really huge, the mentality changes where they think we can do this, this, you know, the momentum's on our side, this is going to happen. And then the game is just done. Like it was all last season. I saw it where the second they got an interception, the second they got a fumble for none of you sports folks, I totally am so sorry to go into, (laughs) into deep sports analogies. But, you know, it's true in so many things where you have a victory and it fuels more victory and where there's an increase, you see more increase, but where there's a decrease, you see more decrease. And that happens mentally so many times to us in so many different arenas. And that, I promise, is the last sports-related uh, talk in anyway, but, you know, I, it's the truth, you know, and I would see that. And so this started to happen to me in my life where because I started to fear one thing, I started to let in the darkness for us so many other things. And we know that we have an adversary. We know that there's an enemy. And the best way 
to gain access to someone is not only through their thoughts and their thinking, but establishing a point which more attacks can come through behind enemy lines. And in this case, it's in our own mind. And what better way to immobilize somebody than to get them stuck into a mentality or a mind frame of loss, a mind frame of fear to where they don't even take any chances in life because they just fear that they're going to fail. And that's how I was. I had so many dreams and I believe so many God-given dreams and just callings over my life that I was just too scared to ever do. Like even doing a podcast, I was so terrified because I was like, you can't get theology right on the internet. I mean, if you believe something, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to be like, okay, so you don't believe this and you're wrong. And you could have hit everything perfectly right and you're not going to make everybody happy. That was terrifying. But I knew I was called to do something like this. I knew that I was called to create some form of media, whether it's a vlog or a blog or a podcast talking about my experience with Christ. But I was terrified because it's like if you see anything online, a YouTube video or someone's channel, I, I would get nervous for them scrolling through the comments because there's so much hatred and attack and bitterness and one person's theology doesn't quite line up with one, another person's and really does anybody's outside of just the gospel and the fact that Christ died for us. There's so many thousands of different denominations. I was terrified that one of them, somebody from one of those denominations would come after me. Something would happen. Someone would try to tear me down and I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to do, I didn't want anything to do with ministry. Didn't want to be a part of church, or any of that. I was just scared. And that was fear that was holding back my message that was holding back my testimony from being shared and everything. And I also do music as well. I was so scared to do music because there's so many music critics out there. There's so many people that could just tear apart your voice or they can tell if you're nervous or they could tell if your production's not quite up to par. And I just didn't want to release my music either. And I've always been like that in so many areas. I was just so scared to pursue my God-given dreams and gifts and talents because I was scared at the backlash. I was scared of the response. So I locked myself up. I locked myself in my own mind. And I did that with everything. It wasn't just my dreams. It, just, it wasn't just my goals. It was everything. I feared punishment in every area. I feared my past would come back to haunt me. I feared that, oh, I wasn't a perfect person in life, so I can't do a podcast on Christianity, anything Christ-related, because I was so filled with remorse and regret from decisions I've made when I didn't know who I truly was in Christ yet, and that terrified me. So it's a control mechanism from the enemy to prevent us from walking into our God-given destiny, because fear is ultimately a manifestation of control. It's ultimately an extension of control to prevent us from doing what we are meant to do on this planet and furthering, extending the kingdom and sharing the gospel with people and showing people in our life and through the word that Jesus Christ died on a cross for them. We're terrified to show that to people because we fear so many different variables. And that's where I was. So I find this verse and it finally is just like this big aha moment that it's my thinking that I must submit to Christ. And and that's exactly the verse. We we see it. it it's and I, I'm sorry, I keep losing this verse when I when I go back to my notes, but and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So I was watching a lot of videos and TED Talks and documentaries on thought and our conscious versus our subconscious, and I started to discover that. Our subconscious is like automated, right? Like this is like breathing. You're not going to tell yourself when to breathe. Your body's just going to do it like knee jerk reactions or, you know, if you're walking and 
you see someone's dog start snapping at you and you just jump or somebody jumps out behind a bush. I don't know how often somebody jumps out behind a bush to scare you. I don't know why I thought of that, but it's just something, you know, that you're going to have like that visceral body subconscious reaction, right? And that's 90%. And there's about 10% where we can consciously affect and condition our subconscious. And so traumatic events and fears and punishment and all these things will build up our subconscious. And what happens is this is how we just through the years, through time surviving, you know, you see a a tiger bad equals kill, you know, and so our ancestors just avoided them. But now when we see the dog snapping, it's like our biology kicking back into react, move, run, or freeze, or whatever it is we've been conditioned to do through time. So we have a model and software and a lot of artificial intelligence and machine learning. You have a model and you just input and plug in a bunch of data so then it could make an informed decision, right? And then that's how we're creating the robots that are going to take over the world and steal all of our jobs. But our brain already does that. And so what happens is that you are in enough bad relationships that your brain is building a model off of men and what they are. And you're a young woman that has been in a string of bad relationships and people have placed horrible value on you by the way they demean you or talk to you or cheating or any of these things. So what's happening is you're creating a model in your mind and your subconscious that is going to then react if you see any of those conditions being hit in the future as a way of protecting yourself. And we do that in so many ways. We do that with phone numbers like there was a time where i was getting so many collection calls from being behind on bills that anytime my phone rang my heart would sink because my body began to associate my phone ringing with a collections agency calling me to ask where's our money why aren't you paying and it's like we do that with everything and so what we have to do is we have to use that 10 percent to condition it to tell ourselves, hey we're gonna be all right you're gonna be okay God is going to come through. I know I have to stand on God's word. And and we condition that fear, that subconscious that has been built in just no faith whatsoever in God. We have built these, these fears. We have built these anxious tendencies that are so ready for us to get up and start pacing back and forth and get on the phone with our friends and all these different things, right? And so what happens is we develop consistent behavioral patterns that reflect off of our fear and not off of God's word. So what happens is when we're hit with the situation in which we can fear or we can either trust God, we revert to what our biology has programmed us to do. But it's up to us to fill our mind with not only just scripture, but just understanding like what scripture, the power that it truly has over our life. And, you know, the one of the my biggest knocks on the church is that You'll see so many people tell, oh, you know, just go read your Bible, you know, this and that. And like, just, you're not reading your Bible. And it's like, well, that's, that's true. You know, absolutely is, is 100% most likely the problem is that it's just a lack of scripture, which is a lack of the a knowledge of the nature of God. And we see that also in the, the verse where it says in verse five, where, um, you know, and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God. That's absolutely a lack of scriptural knowledge in our life. It's absolutely, though, a lack of knowledge of God's character that is revealed through scripture, that was revealed through Christ being crucified on the cross to understand that everything has been overcome. You know, perfect love casts out fear. That is stuff that that is an identity that gets built up in situations of fear. 
So it's not that we can avoid it or should avoid it, but you will always have a situation of fear. You'll always have a situation to be anxious or a bill coming up or a family member's health or maybe like an insecurity. Those things will always be there. It's not a matter that these things are going to disappear, but it's a matter that when these things rise up against the knowledge of God, we grab it, take it captive, right? And I've read some writers and and translations that say that this take every thought captive is like an aggressive take thoughts captive, right? So, and if you want to look at it from a warfare standpoint, yeah, absolutely. We use scripture to war against these broken, unchrist-like thoughts that cause us to live our life in fear that prevent us from becoming who we were always meant to be. And that's what we have to do. And what I do when I have these thoughts come up or I have these fears that are persisting, what happens is that I now have to take this fear captive. I have to take accountability, you know, and I've had a bunch from all different, like so many different levels. I've had this, these fears come up. I've had them come up from, you know, like I, I I had both my father and my stepfather both were in prison and I had this fear that I would end up like them in prison. And it was just, it would eat me up. Like if I had a ticket or had any kind of legal trouble, I, I, if I was like negotiating a contract with like a music artist and like their lawyer was being like overly aggressive or something, I would think about that fear of prison. I would think about that fear of being locked up, that fear of just being away from your family, of being forgotten, because I, I grew up around that system. And I grew up visiting my dad in, in prison and I grew up getting letters on my birthday, you know? And so like I had this like generational like fear curse thing, you know, going on where I just felt like it's just going to happen to me too, you know? And I just had this fear and it was so irrational because like, I didn't live my life like that. I didn't live my life doing things illegally or anything that would remotely even land me close to that. But the fear was there and it was enough to prevent me from having freedom. It was enough to prevent me from having peace of mind. And I had that in so many other areas for so many other things. I had a fear of relationships because my dad was not there, not present when I was young, and my mom was a single mom for for you know a number of years. I had that fear that someone that loves you won't stay. And so I was very jealous and very controlling and manipulative in relationships, not like out of any like negative, like wanting to hurt the person, but wanting to protect myself. I was manipulative to look out for myself, to make sure that I didn't get cheated on or I didn't get hurt or I didn't get left. And so it created patterns in me that were unhealthy because I was living in fear. I didn't trust that someone would be loyal to you and long enough to stay. I didn't trust that people weren't inherently selfish. I didn't, I had never seen love that could stick around and protect you and provide until I became a Christian. And that knowledge of God, that understanding of God's loving kindness, his faithfulness, his character is what conditioned my mind to believe in that love to that. It's, it's a love I absolutely see from my wife every single day. We've barely been married for a couple of years now for two years, you know, and I absolutely didn't know that kind of love could exist, but I almost sabotaged our relationship because I didn't even believe in it. I didn't even give it a chance to evolve or develop. And so we have to do that in our situations. We have to take this verse at face value. There is underlying context, obviously, with what Paul was seeing and going through in the narrative here and then the historical context, but in our spiritual context that is eternal and what we're taking it as today and how we apply it to our daily lives, because none of us are reading this 15, 16, 17, 1800 years ago in the early church. We're reading it in 2020. 
This has to be adapted to today. This has to be adapted to the fears that you and I face every day. We're in the middle of a pandemic right now. People aren't leaving their house. People are getting sick. Thousands and thousands of people are dying. Wherever you're at on the spectrum with this, you have to understand the reality of it. There is a very real fear attached to this, whether it is media driven or whether there is uh, just a natural fear that people maintain as they go about their daily lives. Wherever you believe that's coming from, it's a reality. And you have to understand that we have to navigate through those things as Christians today. So it's just a reminder for us. And I want to close out this first episode. I, I really plan and hope to close out every episode like this, but I really want to close out with prayer. And I want to make a habit to do that in every episode to close out in prayer for whatever our topic is. But I want to just recap before we get into that prayer um, to just really recap and, and just cover just a synopsis of what this is. How do we identify if we have it? And then what do we do about it? How do you actually use scripture? Like I said, so many people are like, oh, go read the Bible, go do this and this. But how do you read the Bible and then apply it? How do you take these verses that are thousands and thousands of years old, written in a time none of us would know how to function in a society thousands of years ago? Then how do we apply it to today? How do we translate this to right now? It's eternal. It's true. We know God's word does not come back void. How do we take that and apply it to our situation? Well, we have to condition our pre-programmed fears, anxious thoughts, and tendencies to submit to the mind of Christ, to the knowledge that Christ died on a cross for each one of us. And there is freedom. There is peace for us. It does not mean that you will not go through challenges. It does not mean that you will not go through battles. It does not mean that this is a magic button that you're like, oh, I believe in uh, Jesus died on the cross for me. Uh, hit the button. And you go, and your life is just amazing from here on out. It doesn't mean that. It is going to be amazing. But it's amazing for different reasons. It's amazing because the problems don't get, they don't go away. You get stronger in your knowledge of God. You get stronger in your faith in Christ and what he does for each one of us and bringing us peace bringing us the ability to persevere through every one of these situations. Because here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is that you will absolutely have fears that might actually come to pass. But it's our peace in Christ covering us. It's our peace in Christ overcoming the world that we stand on top of. I've had a number of fears that actually happened. But I can't tell you, you know, I would have never had the peace that God given God had given me to get through that situation. I would have never had the confidence in knowing who God created me to be in that situation. I would have never known that I was going through a lot of situations because my testimony was going to power so many dozens and dozens of people to get through similar situations years later. And that's the heart of what Christ's story in life was. Not that the cross was taken away, but that he showed that he went through it to make a way for us. So as we carry our cross now, we go through these fear thoughts and anxiety and all these other tough things we go through because we know that God brings peace that strengthens us that provides a way that makes a way for us through it so that others can walk and cross over as well so I want to close this out in prayer real quick and if you think like podcast prayer is like weird or it's kind of like cringy like you can just probably skip to the next episode now, but if you really are in a place where you just want prayer right now and there's no one in your life that is praying for you with fear and anxiety and breakthrough in these areas, then I would love to just pray for you right now. So I'm going to get right into that. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the person listening right now that needs prayer. 
I thank you, Father, for the situations that have directed them towards you and that they found you through a podcast, that they found you through this moment, Lord. I pray a breaking down the preconceived fears that you won't come through. I praise you, Lord, that they're going to break through the lack of knowledge that you are a defender, you are a provider, that you died on the cross for us, Lord, that you died on the cross to make a way. I pray that the knowledge of the scripture that we're going to read in face of every fear will overcome, Lord, everything that we can never overcome before. I thank you, Father. I thank you for sending your, your son to die on the cross for each one of us, to help us in moments like this, to provide a life that's abundant, abundant with hope, abundant with courage, and abundant with the bravery that's required to face all the challenges that bring us fear and anxiety and stress and whatever else and any kind of medical condition, any kind of life situation, anything that can be thrown our way. Lord, I thank you that you've provided a way for us to maintain peace, Lord, a peace that cannot be taken away. I thank you that we'll stand on top of that and we will stand on top of your word that does not come back void. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen.